Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. Considering some things to, to share today, and really as I, was, as I was going through some other things and preparing my mind to and the heart to teach on one thing is I was actually stepping into my car on Friday. This message came into my heart. And, uh, and I think it's where the Spirit of God wants us to go. And, um, and what I've titled this is Adversity. The background, where's Juliet? The background slash backdrop of greatness. Adversity. The background, the backdrop of greatness. Now, let me ask a question. How many of you have had some adverse situations in your life? You've done, have gone through some adversity to the, to the university of adversity. Anyone? And, and in that university of adversity, uh, you have felt like you were just, just hanging in there, just... Just barely getting along, wondering whether or not it will ever be anything different. Anyone? Anyone ever been to that? Yes, indeed. Been through adversity. Well, I want you to know that adversity is the backdrop of greatness. Now, when we talk about backdrop, um, I want you all to look at this picture up here. I should have said this before, but so it might, I might have given it away. Look at, look at what's on, on here. Jesus Christ, the reason for the season. Um, tell me what you see. Someone just yell it out. What do you see? Some, some what? Snowflakes, right? Snowflakes, what else? Um, some, uh, what do you call those? Uh, bells. Yeah, I think those are bells. Ornaments, right? What else? Jesus Christ, the reason for the season. Yes, indeed. Most definitely. Jesus Christ, the reason for the season. Anything else? Yes. You see red. Red is the what? It's the backdrop, isn't it? Right? That's the backdrop. That makes the Jesus Christ, the reason for the season, the snowflakes, even the ornaments, more what? Pronounced. Yes, more pronounced. The backdrop makes it more pronounced. So I want you to read with me uh, Psalms 139 first. And then I'm, I'm going to do something a little out of my own rhythm of teaching. I'm going to give you my points, and then we're going to go and look at some scripture. But at first, I want you to look at Psalms 139 and verse 16. Psalms 139 and verse 16. Myself. Well, let's start at verse 1 and we'll read into verse 16. It says, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I, when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. Your place, your hand of blessing. You've placed your hand of blessing on my head. You, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. 
To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the de delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex or fearfully and wonderfully made. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Listen to that. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. This particular scripture tells me this. It tells me that, that God has a book on our life. And in that book, he has, he has, in a sense, arranged and set up the way our life should go. I say should go because we can actually violate the book. We can, we can walk according and actually have and make our own book. But we wouldn't want that book. We want the book that God has made for us. And that's why it's important for us to find out what indeed is his purpose for our lives. Because once we find out his purpose and we walk according to his word, and really some of you say, well, what is his purpose? Well, you'll find it if you stay with him. You'll connect with it if you'll just stay true to his word. We will find our purpose in that. And so uh, some things I want us to kind of hear and listen to uh, this morning relative to um, that particular scripture and also, it, it'll bleed into um, the message of Christmas. Several things I want us to, to, to talk about and consider. Uh, if indeed God has written a book on our life. Remember, the, the topic is adversity, the background or the backdrop of greatness. And so, number one, I want you to consider this. Number one, God has a book and with, with the purpose of our lives. God has a book, and it has us in that book, and it has us written, if you for say, for chapters in, in, in the end story of what will take place in our lives and his plan for our lives. And the Bible says the plans and the purposes of God, God's plans and purposes will prevail over even our plans and purposes. So God is working his plan. He's, he's working things out in our lives. He is true to himself and true to his purposes for our life. A and this, our future is contained not in our circumstances, but in our heart. Think about that just for a minute. Our future is not based upon the circumstances that surround us or what may come. But if you want to look for your future, you need to look on the inside. And you need to determine and look at what God says about you and find out what God says about you and find yourself in Christ. So your future, our future, is not based upon or contained on the circumstances that surround us. Number three... Never glorify adversity, but allow God to be glorified despite the adversity. Everybody hear that? Never glorify the adversity, but allow God to be glorified through the adversity. The adversity is but a backdrop. It just makes God look better. It just makes God and what he's done in our lives look better. Number four, God requires no special conditions in order to work. In other words, he doesn't need adversity to be removed in order for him to do what he does. Isn't that good to know? That so God doesn't need certain kinds of conditions in order to operate. God can do whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it, regardless of what's going on around us. And I'll make those points as we get through to the scriptures in just a minute. But it's good to know that sometimes we look out and we determine how things are based upon 
uh, the conditions that surround us, the circumstances. Is this a good time to do it? Is this the right time to do it? One thing that we have to learn how to not to do is to say things like, well, I can't do it or I can't afford to do it. Because if God drops it into our hearts, then the right time is always the right time. And no matter what the conditions are around us, we can still do it if God tells us that that's what it is. Okay? So we need not look and say, oh, we can do it or we can't do it. We need to say, what has God said? We need to look on the inside first instead of looking on the outside to determine whether or not it can be done. We need to be able to speak to our feet first when we hear something from God as opposed to our mind. We need to tell our feet to go get it. We need to tell our feet to go after it as opposed to wondering, I wonder, we can, I wonder if we can do this. I wonder if we have enough to do this. I wonder if we have enough. I don't know if, no, we need to just say, did God say it? Then we need to do it. So God is not, he does not function on conditions. And number five, adversity makes only for a backdrop for success. So let's look at some more scriptures here. Turn, if you would, this is, this is going to go back a little bit. And I was running across this, and it just stood out for me because the, the, they say the devil is in the details. I don't like that, you know, but he is in the details. But I like that God is also and more so in the details. So let's look at Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 15. Joshua 3 and verse 15. Now this will be a familiar story to many of you. But something stood out to me this time that I hadn't seen before. Let's read it, verse 14. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. So if you know anything about Joshua, that's when they're getting ready to enter into the what? Into the promised land. And they had to cross over the what? The Jordan River, all right? So here they are about to cross over the Jordan, and here is some details that we want to look at. He says, it was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away to, at a town called Adam which is near Zerathon, and the, water blow, and the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. So what stood out for me in this particular scripture, I said, you know, sometimes we need to have an understand when you're reading and studying scripture, we need to kind of say, well, why did they mention this? Right? Why did they mention this? Why didn't they just say, and they crossed the Jordan? Why did, they, why did they have to go into a little bit of detail there? It says here, it says that, that when they got ready to cross the Jordan, God told them to cross the Jordan as they were getting ready to go over to Jericho. And, and they said it was the harvest season. And so that lets you know, and the banks had overflowed. So if you can imagine just for a minute, how many of you would, would cross the Catawba River on a regular day. I mean, just on a regular day. You know, just, just, just foot it on a regular day. I mean, the waters are not low. The, 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 the wheels have not been turned on. Nothing like that. It's just a regular day. The water is just calm and peaceful. Not many of us would do it then. But this time, the Jordan was doing the harvest season, which was the springtime of the year. The average depth of the Jordan at that time is either 3 to 10 feet. Uh, that's, the average, that's the average outside of the season, the springtime season, 3 to 10 feet. But this time they said the banks of the Jordan had overflowed because it was springtime, it was harvest time. And at that very moment is when God told them to cross the Jordan. 
So what am I saying to you? I'm saying that God doesn't need certain conditions in order to work. As a matter of fact, it was more glorifying to God to cross the Jordan River in the springtime when the banks were full. Why didn't he just say, you know, and I need to cross the Jordan. Let's wait till, the, the, till it's either close to dry or it's at a, at a winter time or a time when the rivers are low. We're going to wait six months here. Because six months from now, it's going to be the river's going to be really low, and that's going to make good conditions for us to cross over to the other side. And many of us think like that oftentimes. We think that there's got to be a certain conditions, and we begin to judge whether or not we should or not do, should do or not do, based upon what we see. Is it is it is our conditions right? Let me let me put my finger up and test the wind, see which way it's going. No, God said. Check him first. What does God tell us to do? What has God said to do? God does not need certain natural conditions in order to work. He doesn't need you. Well, let's see if we got enough in the bank. Let's see if there's enough in the account. Let's see if there's enough. No, he doesn't need any of those things. All he needs and all we need is did God say it? Did God say this? Did he tell us to go? And I truly believe had they looked out and said, you know, God, wait a minute, hold up. The river banks, the banks are, 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 it's harvest season. No one crosses the Jordan River during the harvest season. No one crosses. No, you'd be stupid. You'd be ignorant to cross over when the banks are overflowing. It's got to be greater than 10 feet of water, and you're asking us to cross over. And here's what I want us to understand is it does not matter what the natural says. We need not look at the current situations to determine what God has already predetermined for us. God has already predetermined some things. It's already written in the book. He has a verse, a scripture. He has a, a book for our lives. And all we need to do is follow it. I've been sitting around here lately and I've been going through the church and I've been praying and I've been, and I've been just seeking God and, and I've been looking all around and I've been saying, you know what? Look what the Lord has done. Didn't require conditions. It didn't require us to determine if this was the best time of the year to try or, or is this the best time of the year or should we place a ministry in Morganton, North Carolina. He just said, do it. And he's been true to it and he will continue to be true to it no matter what kind of adversity that we find ourselves up under. All we need to know is what has God said. I want to encourage you this morning. No matter what your situations are, no matter what you're going through, and I know they're going through a lot. I know people are going through, but that's just the backdrop. That's how God will be glorified. He will be glorified by the things that he brings us through. All we need to do is take a step forward. Believe God. Believe God. Step into the waters. See, it's amazing how they would start battle, not like traditional battle. They didn't start out with weapons. They started out with the ark. They had the priest to go before them. They said, this is what is most important. We're going to lead out with the word. We're going to lead out with the covenant. We're going to lead out with, uh, with the word of God's promises. That's going to be our leadership. And we're going to follow that right into the most difficult places. God does not need certain conditions. I want you to know that. God does not need anything to be working in the natural for us for him to intervene. Matter of fact, he's more glorified when everything is against us. Isn't that good to know? Isn't that good to know? I mean, when I look at 2020, 2019, I see this was the most wonderful year. It was a great year. 25 years we celebrated and all that. But you know, there was some adversity in that year also, in this year. When, when I hear what, what Pastor Gould was saying when he came here uh, back in October and he's talking about shaping up, uh, getting, making things tighter, and I hear his, he's talking about adversity. He's talking about that, that the body of Christ is, is going through some, some challenging times and we need to just 
do the word. Always stay with the word. The word is on our side. No matter what the conditions look like in your life, if you've got the word, you've got everything. Everything. So stay with the word. You're on the right team. You're on the right side. And so he, they cross over the Jordan River at its highest point. The rivers dry up and the walls are, uh, are carried out and they cross over. And I believe that's a common theme in the things of God is that God does his best work in the midst of adversity. He does his best work in the midst of adversity. How many of you right now are going through some adversity? If you're alive, you're probably going through some adversity. <laughs> if you're breathing, you probably are going through some adversity. And especially if you're on the Lord's side, I know you're going through some adversity. Well, I want you to know, hold on to the Word of God. Stay true to the Word of God. No matter what it might look like, the Word of God is on your side. Amen. Let's look at some other things relative to this subject matter. Look at Matthew chapter 2. Told you we're going to get to, well, I didn't say this, but, but this is the Christmas season, so we always want to integrate some of the Christmas story in here. So, so here we have Matthew chapter 2, and I find this, this so, so amazing. Matthew chapter 2. And this really is what began my, my trek in this area of uh, adversity, the backdrop of, of greatness. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it, as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests, and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. And after this, the, this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped out over the place where the child was. And when, there was, and when they saw the star, they were filled with joy they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to, be, to search for the child to kill him. And that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him and he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and older, or, and under, excuse me. Based on the wise man's report of the star's first appearance, Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, and weeping and great mourning. Rachel, sweeps, Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. And when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, 
the angel said, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill you, kill the child, are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Achilles, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet said. We will be called, he will be called a Nazarene. So when I read this in line of the theme that we're talking about, I, I did a little history on Herod. And Herod uh, comes from, from, he's really comes from, uh, from Esau's clan. Uh, he was an Edomite. And, and uh, he kind of reigned over, they were like the kings of that area. And so, uh, giving a little bit of history, uh, he was uh, a, a pro-Roman. And so, he got in with Caesar and Caesar made him the governor or the king, as it were, uh, of Judea. And he was called the king of the Jews. That's why there was a little conflict there. He was the king of the Jews. And so what we want to uh, understand about Herod is this. And, and to understand that we all have a Herod in our life. There's someone who's trying to kill Jesus in our lives. There's someone who's trying to wipe him out. There's a spirit of Herod in our culture today that is seeking to wipe all claims of Christ out because it boils down to who is king. Who is the king? Now, I'm thinking about God. If I were God, I would say, you know, this guy... Um, let's see if we can't wait till he dies and then let's bring Jesus on. But remember, he said, it's already written by the prophets. The prophets had already determined. And what did we say? Conditions mean nothing to God. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And Herod, King Herod, to kind of show you what kind of person he was, he had two of his sons killed. He had his wife killed. He would, he would kill people. That's what he did because he was so, uh, so, um, what's the word? Um, insecure. He was so insecure that any threat to his kingdom, he'd wipe them out. And so here's Jesus coming up. He wanted to find out about this Jesus. He wanted to get rid of this Jesus. Because he saw him as a threat to himself. And as ruthless as he was, having the ability to literally kill all the children during that time, he couldn't kill Jesus. Why didn't God choose another time to bring Jesus into the world? Why didn't he choose a time where things were a little calmer and a little easier for, for uh, him to come in? And yet he brought him into the world at a time where there was a ruthless, murderous, psycho maniac who was running the, the, the area. Why didn't he get him when there was another kind of king? He could have waited and said, you know, let's, let's do it at another time. No, he had a, this dude was nuts. Herod was crazy. I mean, he, he literally lost his mind in the end. I mean, anyone that would kill his own wife, that's a crazy man. He had it executed along with many other people along the way. Yet God brought him into this world at such a time as this. And so for all of us, everybody wake up. Wake up, I know us. Wake up. Just stand up. You got to know this. Come on now. I start to not preaching and y'all start to falling off. It's just, some of you look like this. <laughs> I want to see if you can sleep standing up. 
No, I wasn't Stacy. Stacy wasn't asleep. I ain't going to say who was asleep, but several of you are nodding. All right. So listen up. So Jesus came into this world where there was a Herodian spirit going on. Herod was, was there, and yet he couldn't kill him. Neither has he killed Christ in you. And, and, and all that you have been through, and as many circumstances as you have had to endure, as many challenges in your own life, in your children's life, in your physical body, in all that is going on, in your businesses, on your job, on all of those things, you are still here. And you have had someone trying to take you out ever since the Christ child was born in your heart. Something has tried to take you out, try to, to nullify the word of God, try to get you away from the church, try to ruin your life, try to make you think that God wasn't real, he can't be real, otherwise these things wouldn't be going on in my life and you are still here. Some of us have had children that seem like they're going wayward, but God, the seed of the word of God, is still keeping them and calling them back to him and calling them to be uh, children of the Most High God. God said it, and it will be done. Do you hear me? I don't care if you seemingly, you're, you're hanging in there, you're trying not to lose hope. I'm here to tell you, he can't kill the Christ child. He has tried everything that he possibly could, but he could not kill the Christ child. You need to hang on to that. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. We're all going through something. We all are challenged. We, this is the life that God has left us down here because he could trust us. He couldn't kill the one who was made exactly like us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, it was, it, was, it was important. It was important for God to be made like us in all respects. Jesus was made just like us. In every single way, with every kind of temptation, with every kind of trial, and they could not do him in. I just want to encourage you today. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're faced. I was talking to a young man just recently. And we were talking and he was beginning to share with me how difficult things were in his life and how he was just going through some really hard times. And, and he said, nobody understands. I don't know why. No one understands what I'm going through. No, one's, no one can. I said, listen here. I said, listen. I said, really? You're right in that nobody quite understands what you are going through. But I want you to know everybody is going through something. Everyone is going through something. Everyone has got some kind of adversity. I said, you need to get back to the Word of God. You need to get back to the, to the firm foundation. You need to get back to where God is the centerpiece of your life. Man, I can tell you some stories. I can tell you some stories. Stories I've heard and stories I've experienced myself. And I told him, I said, listen here. I said, I just want to give you a little piece of my story right now. I said, I said, listen, what? No, you go, Steve. Everybody else stand, keep, you can sit, but she needs to keep on standing. No, ain't nobody going to sit there with you. I won't, I won't go into any details about what I share, but, but you know what? I, I, I said, you know, we, we all go through stuff. We all go through challenges. I was telling my son the other day, I said, listen here, I said, I said when, when you, you, whatever goes on in our life, what, whatever, and I was sharing this also with the, with the, the basketball team, I said, what, what I do affects that man, affects that woman, affects that woman, affects this man, affects that woman, affects them, and really affects all of you all because we're all entangled. We're all together. 
I say, I keep it together. I keep it together because of the word of God. If it were not for the word, 4 a.m. this morning, I'm putting the word of God on. Because I had to deal with some thoughts, man. I had to deal with some, 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 some adversity. I had to deal with some things that were trying to bombard my mind and try to get me from thinking that God still got me. My wife said, well, you okay? I was like, I just had to get up. I put my headphones on. I listened to I don't know how many messages. I listened to the message until I couldn't remember who the last person was. That's when I knew I went back to sleep. That's when I knew my soul is at rest. God has given us a way to put our soul at rest. You don't need to contend with ill and negative thoughts. Just put the word on or begin to speak the word over your life for yourself. God is the strength of my life. God has a book with my name in it. God has my story written out. God has already determined my future right now. I need not look into the future to determine my future. I need to look on the inside to determine my future. You know, God is raising... See, God, God will use a very adversity to do this. Adverse number one. Adverse number two. Adversity number three. You see where I'm standing? Adversity is but a stepping stone. Adversity is but a stepping stone. It's just something we step on and move forward. Because here's what happens. If we do it right, we just turn to God in the midst of adversity and we get stronger. See, what the devil meant for evil, God turns around for good. Anytime we turn to God, we get stronger through the very thing that is trying to kill us. We get stronger. But we have to turn to the word because the adversity is there to kill you. You better believe it. It is there to wipe you out. But if you take that very same adversity and turn to the Lord and say, God, you are here for me. God, you, are, you surround me with favor like a shield. I have favor everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, everything my hands touch, the favor of God is with me. And now what he meant for evil, God has turned it around for good. See, he doesn't want you to turn to the word of God. He wants you to go off into a closet somewhere. He wants you to go off to your home somewhere. He wants you to get away from people. He wants you to get away from the word of God. He wants you to isolate yourself, and he's going to beat you to pieces there. But when you turn to the word of God, and you keep the word of God fresh all the time, 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 keep the word, keep the word of God, keep the word of God fresh, keep it up, keep it, keep it fresh in your mind. When things coming at you, it's a good reminder of the word. You should use every adversity as an opportunity to turn to God. You know, they brought them out of, out of Egypt under adversity. <laughs> under adversity, they brought them out. And God led them, he led them to the Red Sea. He led them to the Red Sea. Why didn't he lead them somewhere else where they could keep on moving forward? They were being chased. And had they thought about it like, what? wait, well, hold up. God, wait, God, there's a big old sea out there. What are we, how are we going to get through the sea? How are we going to get, how are we going to get to, how are we going to get around it? God said, don't worry about all of that. I've got you. I've got you. I don't know what, I don't know what you're going through. I really don't, but I do know, I do know that you're going through something. I know that. Not, and I don't mean this in some kind of, oh, we won't. No, I mean it from the standpoint of, I know that Herod is trying to kill you. He's trying to kill the Christ in you. He's trying to wipe you out. He's trying to get rid of you. That's what I know. So I'm not saying it, you know, sometimes we can draw, uh, you know, pity. I'm not, this is not a pity party. This is a warrior party right here. <laughs> this is a God is mighty party right here. This is a, a God is more than enough party right here. This is God is a more than a conqueror party right here. 
but he does what he does in the midst of adversity. Greatness is achieved in the midst of adversity. Adversity. We will get through it. We will get to the other side. God knew that there's going to be a chapter where there's some bumps. There's going to be a chapter where there's some, 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 some need to, 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 to worry. He said, but don't do it. I've seen the end from the beginning. God's got you. God's got you. I feel like I need to stop right here and pray. And I want to just pray encouragement to, to, to those of you that may be going through some real adversity. And, and not that it's all, it's all real. <laughs> it's all real. It's all, there's always reasons to not go to sleep at night. But thanks be to God who makes our sweet sleep. A sleep sweet. Sweet sleep. Sweet sweet sleep. Sweet sleep. Sweet sleep. Sweet sleep, sweet sleep. So, can, uh, brothers, can you move this for me right quick? Can you put on a little adversity uh, overcoming sounds back there? Some adversity uh, overcoming, just no instrumental, instrumental uh, just something. I, wanna, I just really want to minister uh, to some peoples today if you're here. And, and just want to want to minister. I don't want you to give up. I, I want you to I want you to know that your future. The Bible says that the the word is nigh thee, even in the, the, your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. And so, if you're going through some things right now, and the bro- the body of Christ is for that purpose to keep to keep you. That you that let you know that you you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. The word of God is working. Uh, I heard uh, uh, Pastor Gould say this the other day, and I thought it was so good. He said he said like so many of us, we were on that big cruise ship, right? And and he said when you got a big big ship, it doesn't just turn. You can see those little speedboats in the water, and they're whipping around and doing little, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. And and even the little um, the jet skis, they even do it a lot quicker. It ain't much to them, though. It's just a little small jet ski. It's not a lot to it. You can just whip it around. But when you get a big, huge ship, you turn the rudder. It's the same kind of rudder. But it takes a little while for it to... But it's turning. You better believe that it's turning. And what is our rudder? It's the words we speak out of our mouth. We keep on speaking. What happens many times is we stop speaking and we stand still. And then the current takes us right back to where we started from. Just got to keep on speaking. Got to keep on declaring, keep on saying what God has said. And if you keep doing that, here's what you're doing. You can't see it, but this is what you're doing because it, it feels like it's just moving so slow. But it's moving. Ever so much it's moving. It's turning around. If you'll stay true to it, eventually you'll be right where you want to be. Right where you want to be. And I was watching um, Miss Joyce last night. Matter of fact, I stopped on the camera. I stopped on the camera because she was having a great, awesome time up there last night. You know why? Because she went through adversity. She went through adversity. And so she's standing up there now, and she's just a... <laughs> she, was, she was, I mean, I, I, got the, I got it on camera. Matter of fact, I was going, I was scanning through, and I saw you, and I was like, looky there. And she was rejoicing. Joyce. She was rejoicing because she's been through some. She wasn't walking, what, how many months ago? You, you, were, you, were, you were incapacitated, weren't you? Yeah, she wasn't able to get out. Look at her now. Looking good. By the grace of God. By the grace of God, she is here now. That's because she didn't give up. She didn't give up. 
And I'm sure that we could go and tell stories. This man right here, just the other day, um, can I tell us about you running into a tree? A truck? Running into it. This man was coming back. God, God is trying to kill. He's trying, Herod is trying to kill us. So he's, he's went down uh, to, to uh, was Rutherford County? Went to Rutherford County to uh, get a deer processed. And, and on his way back, a big tree fell down across. How big would you say that tree was? With. Big tree. Big tree. Well, well guess, who, guess who the tree fell down in front of when he was coming back? Now, remember, the tree was not there going down, and it was at night. And he's coming back. He's thinking same thing as usual. Now, it would been different if the tree was there when he was leaving. Then he would know that to drive around it coming back, right? It wasn't there. So he's driving up the highway or up the was 64. 64 with a big tree in the street. He runs through the tree. Wow. He hits the first one. First one to hit the tree. Like, like well, I'm going to fall after this last car because I know this joker can't come. Well, I say joker. <laughs> he said, this man is coming back, and I want to be there for him when he gets there. And the tree fell from the time that he went past it for the processing to get the deer to the processor to the time he got back that's when the tree fell so he's coming back the first one to hit the tree and he's alive today now I don't know about you but last time I hit a tree the tree won <laughs> trees normally do that don't they they normally win don't they he ran through the tree I don't know how fast he was driving though <laughs> but the enemy's trying to kill the what? He's trying to kill the Christ in us. He's trying to kill the Christ in us. I think about my sister Rose here. Been through some adversity, some challenging times this past year. But she's still here. She's still here. I got her on video too. Matter of fact, she came off the stage last night and she was coming and she, she came off the stage and I said, and I got that old big camera too. I got that. I said, I said, who told you to get up there? Why are you up there? But only God can do that. Only God can take adversity and cause someone to get up there and sing. After going through adversity, I'm telling you God is good. 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 I think about the Niles back there. I think about the Niles. Their son, Brian, went through to her oldest son. And, and, and everybody who has a son, we know what it's like. We, we, feel, we feel their pain. Don't we? we feel it more than they do. Am I right? We feel it more than they do. Son was, was, went in the hospital, was there for how many days? Five days? A week almost? Almost a week. In, during this Thanksgiving season. They didn't give up on God. They believed in God. They believed in God, and God made all things right on their behalf. God is good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He shines best in adversity. Don't give up. I was talking to, to, to Wanda yes, last night. And I was like, you, you look awfully bright and shiny there, girl. What's up? She said, I am doing good. I am doing good. She's been through some adversity. Haven't you been through some adversity? 
And if it had not been for the Lord on her side, on our side, where would we be today? I'm telling you, you got the right, you're in the right place. I already mentioned, mentioned um, um, Amy, beautiful smile. You don't know what's going on in her life. But she's been true to the word. I guarantee you she would tell you the word has sustained me. I guarantee you she would say there's been times where I felt like giving up, but she didn't. She stayed in there. She stayed the course. She held on to in the midst of adversity. She stayed the course. That's all I'm saying. So all I'm saying is that God can be counted on. His name is at stake. His name is at stake. What happens to his children, it, 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 it looks, it makes him look bad. That's why he's, he's, he's on it. And he delights in overcoming an adversity. He delights in it. So if you're here this morning, real quick, we're just going gonna to do this and we're going to close out. And you just, you just want us to pray for you. Believe God with you. That you'll keep on standing in the midst of whatever adversity you might be going through. Understand this. God has already written your book. All you have to do is stay true to his word. We want to pray for you this morning. We, we, I'm not even going to invite anyone up here. We're going to do it where you are. So if that's you, we're going to pray as a body for you. So you just stand up where you are. We're going to pray for you. We're going we're gonna, to, we're gonna, uh, as a body, just cover you this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.